the Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. Welcome to the Trilogy Podcast, the only podcast devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots, no straight to cable. We're talking about legit trilogies only. We're bringing you facts, we're bringing you trivia, debate, humor, and more. The hell with the movie, to hell with the movie, if they meant four. Okay, did you get that out of your system? <laughs> Yeah, all right, good. I'm good. good. Boy, and what the hell is this song, by the way? What are we listening to here, Scott? I'm Vin, and I'm Scott, and welcome to the Trilogy Podcast. So, um, and yes, we really have to knock down some of these kids' movies. There's many on our list, and we figured we'd pick the one that is closest to Halloween. Yes. A spooky time of year. And conveniently, it came out um, this year as well. This summer, the third film came out, making it a bona fide trilogy. Right. And so, oh, we should probably say what the trilogy is at this point. Oh, yeah. Good. Scott, uh, you can tell us. It's a Hotel Transylvania trilogy. (laughs) 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 Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So let's get down to business. We kind of revealed it already. Let's talk about what kind of a trilogy this is. Yes. All right. And for that, as always, we're going to talk to Trilogy Bot, who doesn't respect me and whom I don't respect in return. But he gives good trilogy. He gives good trilogy. Here we go. We call Hotel Transylvania a little something for the kids. In these films, success is dependent upon the whims of children, making theme and concept the most important thing. Dickheads. Yeah, it's a little something for the kids. We already said it. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty easy to understand. It's the kids' movies. Right. It's a trilogy. And Scott, it's crucial now, I think, that we go straight into your plots because when it comes to kids' movies, we know how important and intricate plot is. Uh, yeah. I mean it it gets uh it gets pretty crazy. I hope you devoted a lot of time to this. I, I did devote I think a fair amount of time. Well, <laughs> as long as it was fair. It, w- it was fair. All right. All right. So uh, here come the plots. Uh, you know, I guess spoilers ahead, but uh, it's going to be a very vague uh, sum up of what the movie is about. So here we go with Hotel Transylvania. 2012. An overprotective vampire dad builds a hidden hotel for monsters to keep his vampire daughter and other monsters safe from humans. (laughs) On his vampire daughter's birthday, she wants to travel the world. So the vampire dad builds a fake village with fake angry humans to convince his daughter that humans hate monsters, so she will stay in the hotel forever. But the ruse ends up catching the attention of a human slacker who finds the hotel and wants to stay and party. Stay with us, folks. This all makes sense when you see it. (laughs) There's a lot of suspension of disbelief for these movies. Well, You really got to let it all go and just, you know. I think initially a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're monsters. Sure. I don't... I'm sorry. Go go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Vampire Dad dresses up the human as a monster and tries to get him out of the hotel. 
but the human shows the monster some human stuff and is quickly well-liked, especially by Vampire Daughter. Mm. Vampire Dad confides in the human that a human murdered his wife, and the human decides to leave to protect Vampire Daughter. Vampire Daughter finds out that her dad has been lying, and Vampire Dad realizes she is in love with the human. With the help of his monster friends and some monster-loving humans, Vampire Dad is able to stop the human from leaving and bring him back to the hotel. In the end, Vampire Dad allows his daughter to travel the world with the human. You barreled forward with those the plot there like a because they got a little lengthy when I was summing them up. So you wanted to like, just it's it's not you know it's just a lot of words, but it's not a lot of happen. No, you know we'd go on forever if I stopped you through that one. I mean, yeah. If I have to hear the expression Vampire Dad one more time, though. <laughs> I kind of like it. I think you could have like a sitcom word. like Vampire Dad. I guarantee you it's been proposed to some <laughs> network and turned yeah, down. Yeah, those two words have crossed paths before. There's no question point. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My Vampire Dad. It, it, it's the spiritual successor to Vampire in Brooklyn. Vampire <laughs> with any word that doesn't go with vampire. Yeah. I mean, they made Ghost Dad, so someone had to have gone, wait a minute, <laughs> what if it's Vampire Dad? And right? I guarantee you there's a Frankenstein Dad, a Werewolf Dad. We really should ask Expert Phil about he would, he would know the about different familial relationships of the monsters and who they... And how they interact. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. He's an expert. We should, but we won't. We won't. Okay. Hotel Transylvania 2. 2015. Years after the events of the first one, the vampire daughter and the... Seven, seven years. Seven years I'm after just saying, the you know. events of the first one. I didn't feel like looking it up. I don't, it's not that I looked it up. I, let's say I stumbled across it. <laughs> seven years after the event of the first one, the vampire daughter and the human are married with a child, who vampire dad is hoping will take after his side of the family and grow fangs before his next birthday. The vampire daughter and the human are considering raising their son in the human world. The vampire dad says he will watch the kid and sends his daughter to California to see where the human grew up so he can secretly take the kid to a bunch of scary places in hopes of awakening the kid's vampire side. There's no reason at this point anyone should ever trust the vampire dad. Yeah, seriously. He constantly betrays every member of the family yeah. through all, every single film. Deceiving them left and right. And then has the nerve in the third film to catch an attitude when they surprise him with the crews. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you surprised me. <laughs> oh, fuck off. You've been fucking with us These are the, the in every rules film. of play that you have established. You've been running everything. So Vampire Dad secretly takes the kid to a bunch of scary places in hopes of awakening the kid's vampire side. But all the scary spots aren't so scary anymore, and the trip is a massive failure. Vampire Daughter finds out and decides after the kid's birthday party, they're moving to California. The Vampire Dad's vampire... Scott, there's some that would say that California is scarier than any of the places depicted in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they would. Perhaps very large state. <laughs> You're making a good point. Them <laughs> goddamn California people scary as hell out there. Lord have mercy. <laughs> mercy. That was a southern guy that hated California. That was an impression I just did, Scott. Did you yeah, see? I, no, just, I, I got it. I folded it in there. Yeah, right in there. Right in there. Just bridging the gaps of these pauses with different words. <laughs> Here's a sentence that you're going to love. Uh, the Vampire Dad's Vampire Dad 
who doesn't trust humans, shows up to the party and tries to scare the fangs out of the kid by torturing a costumed character. <laughs> <laughs> and if I may, on a side note, say it's just horrifying. I love that part of the film. <laughs> but it's when the vampire dad's vampire dad's gargoyle sidekick attacks his werewolf girlfriend that the kid's fangs sprout and he quickly dispatches the gargoyles. We'll get more into this world, I would imagine, when we do the Blade trilogy. Yes. Which is devoted specifically to vampires, no? Yes. It's about killing vampires. So there's a connection in there in the world of trilogies. This is the second trilogy, or the first of two trilogies that involves vampires. Yeah. Or creatures of the night, if you will. Creatures of the night. Mm. Vampire Dad's Vampire Dad realizes the error of his ways and is cool with humans again. And the kid gets to stay at the hotel. There you have it. Hotel so I don't know. Is, I don't know if that's the greatest. Yeah, wh- I feel ending. Like, I mean, what did you we want? learn in in that? Movie, stay you know? isolated. Yeah. <laughs> stay with who you know, and I guess it's fun in the castle and everything. Stay where you belong, you freak. What kind of a good school system do they have there? Yeah. Who knows? Is it, I don't are, think they are these. Showed. Are they homeschooled? Well, see, that's what I don't get about these movies, right? In the first movie, it seems like everybody's there because there's a big party, and they all come this time of year because it's a big party. And then they're just all there all the time. That's a good so point. So it's not really like a hotel. I mean, there's always like a party going on. That's so what I guess I'm saying. Explains, it's a but party. Like, it seems like they're always there. Well, it's more of a resort than it is yeah, a hotel. Right. We're calling it Hotel Transylvania, but it's really a fully functioning resort. Sure. So they got all the amenities. They seem to have amenities. Yeah. All right. We're going to close it out with Hotel Transylvania 3, which I believe the subtitle is A Monster Vacation. Summer Vacation. A Summer Vacation? It's just Summer Vacation. vacation. See, I saw other places it's called Monster Vacation. What places were those? The version of the movie that I watched that was on, you know, for free online. Which was the French version. Isn't that true? I don't know. It didn't sound French. It was in English. Should we look it up right now? I guess. Go. I see, because I thought it was called Summer Vacation. I wrote it down for this very reason. Yeah, it says Summer Vacation. Then I saw... Get out of here, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God they called it Monster Vacation, and I was like, why? It was the Caribbean version. Yeah, I don't know what version I watched. Mon. Fuck all that. Uh, Yeah, Summer Vacation. Go. In a flashback to over 100 years ago, we see Vampire Dad being... (laughs) What? Picked an arbitrary. (laughs) It's funny how you said that. It was over 100 years ago. ago. (laughs) Many moons ago. (laughs) In a flashback to over 100 years ago... We see Vampire Dad being hunted by a human monster hunter over the years with little success. In the present, the whole crew from the first two decide they need a vacation from this vacation and <laughs> go on a cruise for monsters. Mm-hmm. On the cruise, Vampire Dad quickly falls for the ship's captain, a human woman, who we soon find out is a direct descendant of the monster hunter, who is somehow still alive. And the cruise is just an elaborate ruse to kill the monsters. The ship's captain tries to kill Vampire Dad several times, but after they go on a date, 
the ship's captain starts to fall for Vampire Dad. They reach the lost city of Atlantis where the monster hunter awakens the Kraken with music to kill the monsters at a dance party. Just really a lot of stretches in mythology and <laughs> yeah. in history. Bouncing all over the place. The ship's captain regrets her role in the plot and reveals she's in love with Vampire Dad. The human son-in-law... He should have killed her on the spot! <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And I don't care who agrees with me or disagrees with me. The who? Van Helsing? Or no, Vampire the Dad. Vampire Dad. <laughs> Once it's revealed to Vampire Dad what she's done, the betrayal... Okay. Uh, <laughs> kill him on the spot. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, he should have. I know. The human son-in-law plays positive music, and they are able to soothe the Kraken. In the end, all the monsters get refunds for their crews, and Vampire Dad and the ship's captain are engaged. It's funny when the climax of the film involves getting a refund. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Scott, so we've got a recent trilogy. Yes. Just finished Smokey and the Bandit back in the day, back when I was in the single digits, Scott, and you weren't even an itch in your daddy's pants. No. Now we're in recent times. First and foremost, I can tell you that all three of these movies were gigantic financial successes. Really? Each of them had a budget of about $80 million, and they only made more and more money through each movie successively. I mean, I, I guess they would have to to make three of them. The cast of this. By cast, yes. we mean the vo- vocal actors. Right. As this is an animated trilogy. Yeah. This is our first animated trilogy, Scott? It is. I think it might be. I think it might be. It's our second kids trilogy, right? Yeah, we did the Santa Claus. Oh, God. Also holiday related. That's true. Don't remind me, though. It was terrible. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Yes. I'm not going to get deeply into Adam Sandler. We could go on forever. He always seems to sort of pop up in a lot of our episodes. We reference yeah. him a lot of times. His movies kind of come up. He was, well, I mean, he was a very big deal in the 90s. He's a, exactly. And I was going to say he's a bridge actor for you and I. Yeah. For me, it's because in the 90s, I was in college and Adam Sandler was funny. Right. For you, you were in middle school yeah. and Adam Sandler was funny. Right. Yeah. In the 90s. That's the reality. Yeah. As time went on, he became less and less funny. Yes. So I think we can both agree his earlier films are his best films, right? Yeah. I would say, you know, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore right. are his best ones. But I, I I, liked him a lot longer than most people did. They're outliers. So I like, like, people don't like Little Nicky, but I like Little Nicky. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. Early on in his career, they're all going to laugh at you, the comedy album that he did. It is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love that it. from beginning to end. It's one of oh, my favorite yeah. You know. Hey, Mom, I gotta get up pretty early tomorrow for Little League trying. No! Yeah, I have to be at the field at 9 o'clock. They're all gonna laugh at you! Do you think you could drop me off? There? They're all gonna laugh at you! How am I gonna get there? They're all gonna laugh at you! I'll walk, I guess. No! I think it's just weird that, like, you know, now he's at a point, he's, like, cranking out crappy movies for Netflix and doing shit like this, and it's just, I don't know. Every time I see an Adam Sandler movie, I get a little bit sad. <laughs> He's older now, and he's just like Bert 
we were talking about yeah. last episode. It's, he's making movies with his friends now and just kind of making Yeah, movies. I mean, this could almost be a gang's all here, too. It really it's, could. It's, it's his whole crew. As much as this could almost be a director's trilogy as well, because it's the same director who made all three films. Right. But at the end of the day, this is clearly overwhelmingly made for kids. Right. The tone, the comedy, pitch, everything. Yeah. All right, so that's Sandler. Andy Samberg. All right? Yes. He's doing the voice through all three films of The Son-in-Law, The Human. Right. All right. Um, John, what do you think of this guy? Of Andy Samberg? Yeah. He does uh, the Lonely Island. They're like the music group they do all like they he used to do all the SNL digital shorts all the time too. The those were always either he wrote that or the two other guys in the Lonely Island would write those. They made that uh pop star movie. Oh okay. Uh, which is actually pretty funny. I mean it's kind of like a a thing that's been done of you know, mockumentary kind of style yeah. of, a, of a band. But like, I like it's very spinal tappy. I like those. You know? So yeah, I like him. We actually saw them in San Francisco as well. Oh, is the, that right? At the cluster it was good. They, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Michael Bolton showed up and did that one song, Captain Jack Sparrow song. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. That's one of the best ones. Captain Jack Sparrow. I would say after Dick in a Box, that's the next best one. It's my Dick in a Box. Yeah. Selena Gomez. Big fan, are you, Scott? Of Selena Gomez? No, I, I barely know who she is. I had to look up exactly who she was. She was like a Disney kid. Right? Disney kid, Wizards of Waverly Place. Mm. Did you see that? No, never. Like, yeah. We're both too old for that. That was on in the mid-2000s yes. into the... By the time I learned about it, I think it had been on for like 10 years. So, But she's also a pop star. Can I name a single Selena Gomez song, Scott? I know I can't. I'm so sick of that same old love That shit is me See, Scott, I told you I knew a Selena Gomez song. And by know it, I mean I looked it up and placed it here in the podcast. Cool, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great question, Scott. There is yes. one more member of the family. He appears in the second and third films. Oh, yes. And that is Mel Brooks. Vampire doing, Dad, Vampire Dad. Doing the voice of Vampire Dad, Vampire Dad. That's Vlad, right? Vlad, yeah. I was very excited when Mel Brooks showed up. Showed up? Yeah. I was like waiting for him because I saw him in the credits, and I'm like, it's Mel Brooks going to get here. I didn't dislike him in these films. Yeah. So. He was very Mel Brooks. Do we really need to give the filmography for Mel Brooks? Uh, no. Uh, I will give you exactly 10 seconds to tell me your favorite Mel Brooks film and why go. Um, I'm going to say High Anxiety. Three, two, one. Because. Stop. Oh, that you was don't all get my to time say, to yeah, say you why, don't get too? to say why. Oh. As for myself. Three, two, <laughs> I don't even have an opinion. Okay, moving forward. Those were the family members. Then I grouped it out, Scott, with the, that's the family. You got the main friends. Yes. All right? Who are got the, the classic uh, lineup of Sandler cronies. <laughs> exactly. Sandler cronies and monster friends. The, yeah. big, the famous names in the world of monsters. Yeah. You've got Kevin James as Frankenstein. Yes. You forget that it's Kevin James, I think. I don't even yeah, recognize actually, his he, voice. He does a little bit of I think he does a little bit of a voice. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. King of Queens. King of Queens. And Maul Blart. His name is Maul Blart Paul Paul Cop. Paul Cop. Two. Uh, there's been two of those. There's been two. God help third. us if they make a third Oof. one. Oh. Oh no. This is Officer Paul Bart from the West Orange Pavilion Mall. Who am I speaking with? Oh, don't you worry about that. Well, that's not fair. I already told you my name. Steve Buscemi. 
He's, you know, a big-time Sandler guy in all the Sandler films. Yeah, from how the many, beginning, too. Right. But how many actors can say they were, they're a favorite of both Adam Sandler and the Coen brothers? And Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino. I mean... He worked with some of the biggest... Good point. He's yeah. beloved yes. across the board. To say nothing of the fact that he was also, you know, in Boardwalk Empire and a main character in one of the seasons of The Sopranos. So he's also yeah. got a foot in the... World of the mafiosa film, the mafiosa the genre. Chase and all right, all the yeah. actors that go along with that. So yeah. there's never a time you are like, oh, Buscemi sucked in that movie. Yeah, no. Right? The movie can suck, but it's not going to really be his Not because of him. Yeah. We're supposed to be fucking professionals. David Spade is somebody who I kind of want to shit on, but I was looking over his, his filmography yeah. and his career. And let me tell you, as much as his films that are not Farley Spade films yeah. are crappy, the guy has really maintained a career in television. All right? Let's not forget about Just Shoot Me, Rules of Engagement. Yep. These are both long, you know, running sitcoms, and not a lot of actors can, can even claim one long-running sitcom. Yeah. I've always kind of disliked him. Really? Yeah. Tell me why. I, it's just, I never find him all that funny. It's just kind of a snarky... I mean, like, he had his moments when he was on SNL, like when he would do his... Uh, um, Hollywood Report. Yeah. But remember, he said this. Look, children, it's a falling star. Make a wish. Yeah, yes, that's right. And that alienated Eddie Murphy from Saturday Night Live for years and years. Right. But I will say that he's one of the high points for me of this trilogy. I think all the jokes surrounding the Invisible Man and the way Spade voices him, pretty funny. Yeah. Because remember, it's really just Spade. There's not, the joke is the movement of glasses. So he's got to do a little extra. Right. From a vocal perspective. So I respect yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, wrapping up the main friends, you got The Mummy. Now, The Mummy started with CeeLo Green. Right. The singer. But unfortunately, CeeLo Green got into some trouble. Did some Cosby action. He almost got out of that with a clever plea and some fast talking. But then he went on to Twitter and started justifying rape in his own creepy, bizarre way. Yeah. And he has had no career since then, essentially. Yeah. Can't do that. And by do that, I mean go on Twitter, people. Don't go on Twitter. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. So he was replaced in the second and third movie by um, by Key. Key and uh, Peele. Keegan-Michael Key. Right. Finally, it got the blob, and he's not really vocalized by anyone. But it's worth mentioning that his little noises are made from the director. Is it Jendy? I think Jendy Tartakovsky. Say it, say it again. Jendy Tartakovsky. Good, because I wrote it. I don't want to be bothered to read it. And I believe that's how it's pronounced. He did I, all uh, three films. You were saying that he was famous in the world of animation? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he did Dexter's Lab back what in is, the day. What is that? Uh, it I'm, was a TV show about this little kid who uh, had his own secret laboratory in like his parents' house, and he would, you know, get into all sorts of hijinks like this. That you like recognize this. the name? You were like, oh, I recognize Tartakovsky's work anywhere. Yeah, oh, you really can though. Like, I mean, the way it's in, there's similar animation, even in like because he also did um, Samurai you, Jack. You're a little bit of a Tartakovsky. That is This is Sony Animation. Um, and this is by far the 
most the most successful of any of their films, which also featured the Smurf films. Yeah. Those. And they did um, the Emoji movie. Oh, boy. Which, come on. Well, you know, if it smells of desperation, it's got to be Sony. Right. You know? What is that? Some sort of veiled angst you have about a superhero film? No, everything Dorcas? they do, they are so desperate to have a... No, this sounds like this is a Spider-Man issue with you, isn't it? No, I mean, partially. See? But, that, don't partially, pretend it's but not. not entirely. I knew it was. I knew it was. But there's also the thing they kept talking, because they have the rights to Men, to, me. In, to Men in Black. And they okay. also have the rights to uh, Twenty One Jump Street, so they they wanted to do a crossover movie where they became that's agents. outrageous. Did yeah, that, did that go through or is that no? I don't think that's happening. But because that was I heard that and I said that is ridiculous. So, they, like it's such like a desperate attempt to reboot either yeah. of these franchises no, while you're doing right. in one movie. Like, it's but why do you need to reboot them? Twenty One is going strong, and Men in Black's third film was. Very good. It was much for a better third than film. the second one. Yeah. By far. Yeah. As we chronicled. Yeah. So, all right. I don't know. Let's move on. And if a human tries to harm you, I'll simply say... <laughs> Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Began with Adam Sandler singing something, and I knew immediately that we were yeah. in a... Bad part of town. Yeah, I was kind of glad because I got really worried that we were the whole movie was going to be a musical movie, and so was he I. was going to sing the whole time. But that was it was just in the beginning, and he kind of stopped. So yeah, it was <laughs> sort of just an exposition song. Sigh of relief. All right, okay. But let's not kid ourselves. Right off the bat, this film is ripping off, mimicking, paying homage to so many other better sure. animated films. And a couple non-animated films. Yeah. To wit, Despicable Me. Yeah. The idea of the... The bad guy is the good guy. And then again, you also have little kid influence. Right? Right. Same type of relationship. As Despicable Me goes on, a trilogy. He right. also has an, a kid that he's raising as well that's all cute and right. shit. Yeah, this movie starts, he's kind of softened already, though. That's right. Yeah. So it's almost where Despicable Me that is. Was the, the original it, Despicable Me, the plot, I believe, is that by the end of it, he's right. softened. And he's softened in the second and the third. Right. But So it's a different thing in the sequel. But it's but, still close enough. Yeah. Also, I felt like this had an Adam's Family thing going on where good is the bad, the bad is the good. That's yeah. the whole term. Well, yeah, the, the scary versions of everything. Kind of like a kitschy humor of, oh, but what would monsters eat? But instead of actually being like, no, but seriously, what would monsters eat? <laughs> like, no, they're not actually answering the question. They're just going, oh, they eat what we have, except it screams. Like, and that'd be, that's basically as far as anyone got writing those good jokes. Point. Good and point. they wrote a lot of them. And they're, so, you know, they're almost half-realized thoughts. Yeah. Half-realized jokes. That's a good point. But let me, I gotta get another movie for you. How about Monsters, Inc.? I love Monsters, Inc. Love Monsters, Inc. And this is, that's a, yet another movie, though, that this, this is trying to be. Yeah. Because you have the whole notion of humans being the real threat. Right. Monsters are misunderstood. Yes. So right there, that's three films this movie is trying to be. I'll tack a fourth one on. Yeah. Just for the fun of it. Why not? Shrek! Because, of course, yes. it has to end in with some... With a party. Uh, with a party, a song and a dance number. I... And, wait, one more thing. You have a lead character that is an SNL star doing an accent. Right? Yeah. In the same way that you forget in Shrek that that's... Um, Mike Myers. Mike Myers doing a Scottish accent. I feel like after a while, except in a few places where he kind of 
colors over the lines a little bit. Yeah. You forget that that's Adam Sandler. You just hear yeah. the voice. So. Yeah. You buy into it. So that's a lot of movies that this I, shit is ripping off. I dude. literally wrote here, and I'm so glad you said it. The damage Shrek has done with the end of movie party oh. is irreparable. <laughs> Like, it's never coming back. Every single one of these movies has to end with a fucking party. I saw a fucking Nomeo and Juliet, and that had to end with a big old party, and everybody was fine, and all the people that had died in the movie weren't dead. They're still alive. Everything's fine. There's no place to go for this movie. Let's construct an event where a pop song is played. Yeah, why? I mean, I guess, well, because it's Sony, and they have a lot of... Yeah, they have a label. Okay, enough with your Sony thing. I'm saying it's so desperate. It's, okay, all right. How about the fact that Hotel Transylvania is basically Hogwarts, but it's a hotel, not a school? It's, it's the idea that a regular place is now inhabited by creatures, and so yeah. they put a funny spin and on a it. A bunch of uneducated monsters <laughs> so. who don't go to school. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> thinking that, Scott. <laughs> they, <laughs> That's a weird way of... <laughs> These are recent human images our surveillance has uncovered. They are getting fatter so as to overpower us. And they are wearing less clothing, allowing more movement to strangle us or cut open our heads and put candy in them. The, um... The Dracula scary face, like whenever he, you know, would end an argument with yeah. the scary face. Beat that joke to death. I know, because at first I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's kind of funny. Like, and then, you know, a million times later, you're like, okay, yeah. that's enough. Okay. And then like, she does it too. Yeah. I think the funniest joke in the movie has to do with the skeleton. It looks so real. Like, I could just put my hand right through. <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Keep your hands out of my wife! The werewolf concept is really funny. In all three movies, I really like the idea of Buscemi doing the voice. Molly Shannon does his wife's yeah, voice. Yeah. She's fantastic in everything, basically. Yeah. She's great. Um, and the idea that they're perpetually tired werewolf parents because of their brood of kids. Yeah. Who never seem to age. Who? The kids. Because that's just them having more and more? Scott, they're monsters, so it's everything is elongated. The, the girl's celebrating her 118th birthday. Yeah, I guess. So, I suppose. They act like piranhas. I don't think of little werewolf cublings as piranhas, but I suppose that's their Tasmanian devil-esque. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I like that. I like that there's one of them that's smart and not crazy. It's She's cute or whatever. Right. I think that's funny. Look what I brought you. Your worm cakes. Worm cakes is the worst fucking thing in the movie. I made your favorite worm cakes. It's pancakes with fucking worms in it. It's not worm cakes. You don't like that joke? No. I like you. I mean, you would just by adding worms. You don't think it changes the name of it? No. It's it's the exact same thing with worms. That that's not enough for me. Like these people need to be straight up eating like lambs' hearts and stuff. Like they're monsters. Come on, Scott. I think you're taking it a little too seriously. I just think it's ridiculous to be like, oh, yeah, we can't go to the human world. Like, you've clearly been there because you've stolen all their good ideas <laughs> and made them monstery. Look, love droppings. I brought you a bagel with your favorite scream cheese. I kept thinking, he's so attached to his backpack the whole time. Why didn't you just make him a hunchback and let him keep his backpack on? I didn't the understand the backpack jokes. But I mean, something like that, if he had been like, oh, I'll dress you up as a hunchback, fine. You want to keep your backpack? They put a thing over it and that's his hump or whatever. Would be a pretty good idea. You know, I'm glad you mentioned hunchback because I've talked about the jokes that I liked in this movie so far. But the hunchback is at the top of the list of the things I hated in this movie. First of all, Quasimodo 
is not a monster. No. He's a, a he human a being yeah. with a horrible deformity. I am not an animal. I am a human being. I almost feel like whoever wrote that confused Quasimoto's name with Igor's name, which is who this character clearly is supposed to be. Yeah. Now it's pronounced Igor. But they told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? That whole tables flying around thing. Oh, my God. I I just wrote, what? <laughs> I didn't get like, it. Like, what's... All of a sudden, that's what changes his mind. Like, yeah, humans aren't so bad. We fly on tables. Like, It's almost like, let's uh, show off how okay. our animation isn't as good as Pixar animation. Yeah. And here it is. Yeah. A lot of times, these this trilogy tries to do a show-off-y scene, and every time it shows that they're not as good as other films. Yeah. Wait, that's right around the time where... The kid all of a sudden knows the entire history of Dracula because he ran into someone, and he oh, knows yeah. the whole history of the family. Like, oh, I've been there. Like, oh yeah, that's uh, all this, right? Like, uh, <laughs> no, it, they didn't get it right. Well, they got it mostly right, except like, one what? thing. <laughs> I was about to tell you about the family. You know everything <laughs> after I shared my pain with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a couple of little bits we thought were funny. They're going through, you know, all the Dracula stuff, like, so, like, garlic or this and that, and he's like, and then he says, uh, you know, like, a stake through the heart, and he's like, yeah, well, who wouldn't that kill? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny line. I noticed yeah. that was funny, too. See, more of the movie was like that line. I said to myself when I heard that line, oh, if it's, if it's like yeah. this, when you're attacking the idea of the monsters. Right. Another line that I liked. Um, I forget who they're talking to now, but the, someone's like, he's, he's like, wait, so you're not going to help me because I'm a human? And like, she's like, yeah, that's right. And you're like, it's kind of racist. He's like, <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> Something that exchange was very funny. Like there were a couple little moments that were pretty funny. Um, I liked the, uh, when they were playing bingo and they had the little skulls and they were whispering the numbers yeah, in their ear. Funny. I thought that was, I laughed out loud. I thought that was pretty good. Like, and 27. <laughs> a couple of other things. The idea that we need a monster convention that they get to to convince her that humans don't hate monsters and this and that. Yeah. I think the bigger point is that monsters, Scott, are fictional. I think that that's why humans aren't scared of monsters because they're not real. Right. That's the bigger issue. Yeah. So Phil must have gone to one of these monster conventions. When I saw this monster convention thing, I was like, Phil must have gone to one of these. He's been to them. Oh, yeah. Hello, Scott. Where are you? You were supposed to meet me at 12 p.m. outside of this Hilton on 46. I got your costume with me. We were supposed to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Without Mr. Hyde, I just look like an English guy. People keep asking if I'm Doctor Who. It's Elvira's last appearance. The hot dogs are $8. There's a scene on, uh, they're on the roof, and the sun comes up, and he's like, wait, I have an idea. I'll get behind the chimney. And we're like, she never came up here and never, never occurred, to her. occurred to her to, like, stand behind the chimney and look at it. Meanwhile, like, it doesn't kill them. It just gives them, like, a sunburn. Yeah, then they go on a boat. Yeah. In the third one, so what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, they don't really. It's like, dude, let me show you how great the sun is. We're going to stand behind a chimney. Oh. <laughs> I'm a fucking genius. Fuck yourself. Come on. They slammed Twilight in here. Remember, they're looking. Yes. There's a good I, Twilight I joke. Yeah. Okay. Not a trilogy. Not a trilogy. They need four, right? Four, I think. Tell me, do you dream of being a vampire? 
This is how we're represented. Unbelievable. And there's one more thing I want to say about the first movie, Scott. This is my last note about the first movie. The whole concept of the zing. What in the f- I, hell yes, is this? I have a major problem with what, I'm not even sure what it means. It's like the word smurf. Does it mean love, sex, fuck? Can I be... Can I, I, I guess be, the zing of the arrow is the idea? Or In the monster world, you don't just fall, you fall the, in love immediately. You don't get to love someone you... I guess not. And it's called a zing? Get the but fuck out. But humans do it too, though. We saw, we saw the humans do it too when they fell in love. Yeah, it's just lazy. Yeah, it's... The word zing. And the fact they keep cashing in on it throughout the movies. I'm like, stop. Stop talking about stop this. Stop saying it. Stop just talking about it like it's a regular it's, thing. It's not a word. Stop it saying It sounds stupid. Like, ugh. Two lonely bats crashed in the night. They felt a zing love at first sight. Yeah. This movie has no memorable parts to it. You will forget it immediately. Yeah, this movie definitely, too, has the worst animation of all of them. I agree. I think it progressively gets a little bit better. I can't agree more. Yeah. Cause you're my Feel the zing, y'all. Bada bing, y'all. Gonna knock you right out of that ring, y'all. Better bring, y'all. Happening, y'all. Pay attention to the undead king, y'all. Hotel Transylvania 2. Scott, for me, this movie was eternally better than the first film. Yes. Weirdly enough, like six months ago, I was stumbled across this movie and found myself watching it. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And when Amy got home from work, I was like, yeah, I just watched Hotel Transylvania 2 and really liked it. And honestly, upon the rewatch now, I still liked it. Yeah. I thought it's a lot, uh, it's a lot less forced than the first movie. It's a lot snappier. It's a little more adult than the first movie. Yeah. It's not so hemmed in by that silly plot that has to do with, you know, the father afraid to let his daughter out into the world. Right. And they're at this point, they're known characters. You know who exactly. they are watching them. The, uh, and they, they move very quickly because they actually show you, like... The progression. The progression up but, to it. But just the, the idea like, that the whole crisis is that... The, the kid didn't know whether the son is going to be a, a, a monster or not. Or it's not. just a breezier plot. It's yeah. less forced. It's easier. But you know what? That's totally stealing from The Incredibles is their little baby who <sighs> Scott, powers. you fucking took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Yet another movie yeah. that this movie is ripping off oh, is yeah. The Incredibles. Big and time. I wrote it right down. Wow. Also ripping off The Incredibles is little kid monster slash superhero question mark. The baby yeah. Boom. So that's yet another film that this movie so desperately and actually uh what's the movie Sky High is basically the same plot. Is a it's a Disney made live action movie but it's uh, Kurt Russell uh he he's like a super dad or whatever and like super kids all go to super school or whatever. Oh yeah, I heard something and about this. Like, he's like, "Oh, you'll find your power, don't worry." What was that and called? Sky High. That's what it was called? Yeah. I remember that movie when it came out. Okay, and you're right. It is an exact ripoff. Yeah. My boy has super strength. Come here. Ow! Sorry. Ow! You are strong. You said this before. The animation gets better in these films. It gets better because in the second and third movies, there's more fighting and movement, and their body types mimic the body types in The Incredibles. The fighting and the way their legs snap out like The Incredibles. So. Yeah. But I like this one. I like the wedding in the beginning. I thought it was... We get the addition of uh, Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman. Fantastic addition. They should have given them more to do. Yeah, really. Because they, they were barely in the movie. Because every time they spoke, they were funny. Yeah. And that whole thing where humans are reacting to these guys, and we see the crossover human world into monster world, is always great. 
Yeah. Yet these movies keep moving away from that. Right. The reason that this movie is the best of the three, I'm saying it right now, is because they give you a little bit of that. Yeah. They give you that crossover. Well, it's funny, too, because I kept thinking at the beginning, I'm like, why didn't we just see the wedding and, like, the family yeah. coming and the whole movie is, like, meeting meet the parents, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm pretty sure that's the exact plot to Shrek 2. I'd like you to meet my husband, Shrek. Where's your shit at? But you know what, Scott? This may be the best of the movies, but it still has all these shoehorned-in songs that they can't stop doing. They're in the car, and all of a sudden, they're doing the I'm Worth It song. This song. Give it to me, I'm worth it. Baby, I'm worth it. Uh-huh, I'm worth it. And they do a little choreographed thing in the car. Enough already. There's even that weird little dance break where he's like, if uh, Daddy shows you he's got some moves, would you... What well, is this? Fuck. Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen in these movies that for seemingly no reason or they get a result that just wouldn't happen. Yep. Blob- I almost wish they would just have him do Adam Sandler songs at those points. Like, if you're going to shoehorn something in, like... Don't get, don't get crazy. <laughs> uh, I think this needs to be said. This dawned on me watching this movie, and I think it just has to be said. Is anyone going to address that she's going to have to watch her husband and her kid die. I don't know, Scott. You're really looking way too deeply into it. I was just mad about the whole Sesame Street cakey character. I didn't like that. Hey, kids, it's me, Cakey. What a wonderful cakey day it is. Now I have a question. Who here loves cake? My other criticism is yet another film that this is ripping off. I think this might be the last ripoff. You mentioned them all now. The Nightmare Before Christmas. The character of the mummy to me is very reminiscent in uh, voice yeah. and movement to the Boogie Woogie character yes. in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And you know what? Down the road, there's another Nightmare Before Christmas thing in the third movie. When we get to it, I'll mention it. Yeah. But it comes up again, how it's kind of a ripping off Nightmare Before Christmas. Dude man. Oh, hey, dude man, it's not me, it's maybe. Hey, dude man, I'm afraid to say anything. Hey, dude man, I'm a dude man. Uh, Drac? Anytime he says dude man, I thought that was very funny. Like, yeah, okay. I'm dude man. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. When he's making fun of, of the, uh, son-in-law. Yeah, the son-in-law. Um, there's a whole scene where Frankenstein comes in and he's talking, they're having a whole discussion of plot, and Frankenstein's just trying on his clothes for some reason. Frank, uh, Dracula's clothes. It's super funny. It, it's ridiculous. I'm like, the whole time I'm like, why is this in the movie? Though? I think it's super great though. What is happening? It's really weirdly separate. And there's a long pause where, where they look at each other and he's like, he realizes he's been <laughs> he trying on no his shirt. Just like, I wrote it down. It's one of my favorite things. The, the long funny. shot was pretty funny it's of good. him shirtless. Uh, when he tells him, I love your chocolate cereal. That was one of my favorite lines. See, I thought that was heavy handed. <laughs> but Come he on. looks like Count Chocula. He does. Nothing could tear me away from my Count Chocula cereal. I also love, I, I think the GPS voice thing was pretty funny because it's like an Igor and he's like, turn left. I beg of you. Yeah, it was all right. You imbecile. <laughs> that, uh, which I'm pretty sure that's Robert Smigel. Yeah, the GPS voice, yeah. But they still had the song at the end, which is like, uh, yeah. Ugh. Just stop. Stop it, Shrek. We yeah. hate you. Should we move on to three? I'm ready. Because two is pretty good. So naturally, these movies probably have to get better as they go along, right, Scott? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. There's a place you gotta be, a thousand leagues beneath the sea. 
Okay, so here's Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. Yes. Uh, this one for me, I actually kind of liked this movie better than the other ones. Um, and I think it's because Tartakovsky wrote the whole thing and had the full, basically full creative, I'm sure. You liked this one better than the second one? Have you liked your mind? I thought it mind? had a more cohesive plot of like this whole time there's I a thought. bad guy in the movie because the other movies there's no bad guy they're just kind of hanging out the bad guy's the father the bad guy is Drac right and then they always come late in the game there's always some yeah, battle with Scott, somebody time, who's I suddenly the bad guy I had but... no idea this whole time we liked three better than two I feel like a well, fool now I feel like I you betrayed me almost in I'm a way sorry I think the animation was better I think it you know the same as two it was a little bit better the vacation place is your hotel. What are you talking about? You I, need I to know. go on vacation. But he always. But that's the thing is he spends the time setting up the vacation for everybody else, and they can come and be here. Oh, come on, don't try and justify. Even people who own hotels need to go. Don't to try and justify. Dr- yeah, but it's not a regular hotel. It's even, a monster. Even barbers need to get their hair cut by somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> can't just always cut their own hair. Even Dracula notices the irony when he gets in the boat. He's like a giant fucking hotel. Yeah. What yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. Even the character notices how it's, stupid it's written. It's Hotel Transylvania on water. It should be Botel Transylvania. It just tells you that the director is a crazy man. They wrote a character that makes reference to the fact that the movie's premise is stupid on its face. Yeah. Because it takes place on the water. Didn't the chipmunks do this? Didn't they go on a boat for their third movie or fourth movie? They may have. This definitely isn't the first sequel that takes place on a cruise ship. Yeah, is it like boat chip or chip cruise chip? All right, you're just making things I up, I think. Alvin and the chipmunks. Chip wreck. Um, <laughs> this early on, there's a scene when he's meeting like. Uh, Frankenstein's cousin or whatever and she's got the big arm yeah um, who is voiced by Tara Strong who's also like a huge voice actress is anyway that right? it's okay but she's she's headlocking him and he uses his powers to change the song on the DJ table right it, it, like, this is what I'm saying it's like a, in every single one of these movies there's like a quick scene of something that just doesn't make sense at all Dracula's like powers even... are oftentimes undefined, so they use them in a willy-nilly way. But like the fact you... that she would be like, "Oh, I have to," like he knew that she would hear that song and have to just pump her arm and let him go. But even like you don't even see that happen; you just see her no. dance, and then he's. Gone. I think you're really probing for logic in a kid's movie, Scott. That doesn't any any there. shred of logic. Come on, good. like Scott. that makes zero sense. You're being very. Critical. I don't even understand why the scene was there to show he's lonely and doesn't like chicks with big arms. Because re- honestly, the rest of her was bonable. I mean, come on. Frank wanted me to meet you. We're arm cousins, twice removed. It's kind of ridiculous that that Van Helsing guy is still alive in the little robot suit. Like, it makes no sense. There's no explanation for why. It's just like, well, why didn't you just explain she's a descendant of his? And and here's where I mention the other similarity to Nightmare Before Christmas. That yeah. guy is similar to the father, played by William Hickey. Wormswort. Hmm. And frog's breath. Okay. You got Catherine Hahn. Yes. Who I like. Always funny. Very funny. Parks and Recreation. 
uh, Anchorman, Step Brothers too. Thankless no. job here, yeah. where we see her switch coming a mile away. She's of course Van Helsing. Then she grows to love Dracula. It's so yeah. uh, it's really clunky, if you ask me. I want to roll you into a little ball and shove you up my vagina. You could just live there. It's warm and it's it's cozy. Your vagina. I like when uh, she eats the garlic and she farts. You like that fart joke? Yeah. You would. He's like, that's a cute toot, honey. All right, Scott. You make me throw up. <laughs> it was funny. Cute toot. Did you notice that um, the Kraken toot. song was sung by Nick Jonas? Yes, I did. I asked Amy. I was like, is Nick Jonas of the Jonas Brothers, like a famous celebrity still singing stuff? And she's like, yeah, people know who he is, and he still sings songs that are famous. So, yeah. Joe Jonas. What did I say? Nick Jonas? Yes. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. Joe Jonas. Yes. So Not that I really give a shit, but... All right, Scott. Of course, you got another song on the ship deck, that 24-carat magic. Bruno Mars. Yeah. That, is that who sings that song? Yeah. This song, Scott? Bring her to the moon. Girls, what y'all trying to do? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, I guess. The role of music is just weird in these movies. It's just not organic to the to the story, so it just always feels like it's out of place. Like, let's party, but why? Eh, just do it. But you know, this whole thing is out of place. We don't want to see these characters on a cruise. I want to see them reacting in, like with more humans, the way they did with in the second movie with yeah. Offerman and Mulally, and they're reacting right. to humans, and that's the comedy. Right. No one wants to like see if they were these... on a cruise with humans. Exactly. Yeah. When I saw that it was a monster cruise, I was like, "Fuck off, man!" No one wants to see these people scuba dive. Yeah. What is the point of that? Yeah. There is no point. The whole fun part of the, even the first movie is that this human came in and showed them things they didn't know and was cool. Right. And, no, the scuba yeah. diving thing is so they can show off their fucking animation, which continues to be subpar, if you ask yeah. me. All right. You think it's I, th- getting... I thought the third movie, this is the best of the three animation-wise. But it's still, it's for some it's, reason, it's, it's, it's a, still it's lags. It's in a very weird style that it's like almost, like again, like they look like action figures, like dolls. Yeah. Like it, it's almost, like it could be marionettes at I'm points. I'm telling you, it's you that. In, walking up, you're like. It's that it Incredibles looks... fighting style, those whip kicks and that Matrixy yeah. feel. Yeah. Another trilogy. He is the one. But ultimately, this movie feels a lot more childish and more juvenile than the other movies even the first one it feels really kid yeah. kitty again because you don't have adam sandler working on the script or robert smigel and is that it yeah do you think that's Cause it? it's just it's it was jendy tartakovsky and some other writer maybe the director had the concept or whatever and was like look I, we'll do another one and adam sandler was probably like i don't want to have to write another script for another one of these <laughs> i'll do the voice of dracula but i you do all the work i don't want to uh what else would i have not much more do you have much more no, I, I, I want to talk about the end the ending. scene. I've yeah. got the ending stuff. Yeah. Too. Um, you know, you got all the songs. I didn't understand the fact that they shoehorned in. I keep saying the word shoehorn, but it really applies to this film in particular. Really, so much feels forced. Mm. This whole club dynamic, all of a sudden they're at a rave on the cruise. 
Isn't it enough that they're on a cruise? Why are you throwing in a rave? And the kid sounds like he fucking dropped some E. He's really sounds more high than in any of the films. He's like, whoa, man. Fucking A. It gets kind of strange at the end. Although the one thing I will say is that they they found a way to actually incorporate the end of movie party into the plot. Like, good point. You know, where (laughs) where I was like, oh, there's something to be said of that. At least it's evolving where, like, the end scene is going to be. Where that actual shitty music is fighting off the bad guy. Right, yeah. So we get to hear every single, like, positive-sounding song. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't understand when the when it's working though, and he's trying to keep playing the music. Um, the music tears itself into pieces at the end of the movie. What do you mean? Like the Van Helsing, he's playing the piano. Yeah, he's got the sheet music, right? And he's playing, and as he's playing, he can't get it. Like no one will calm down. I saw And the that. music tears itself into pieces. The positivity of the music destroyed the evil music. Yeah. I guess Scott, it's a cartoon. I think I know, but to. like, all you need is like any of the characters we've been this introduced to. This is a reaffirmation, Scott, that this is the most childish of the three movies, the most yeah. kid-like of the three movies. It just seems like you know you're kind of a dick. Music. Why didn't you tear yourself up from the beginning? Why did you make us go through all this? Why didn't all the music in all these films tear itself up from the beginning <laughs> that anyone ever fucking wrote them in the first Why place? Why didn't the building just explode? Why didn't all of this film burst into flame the moment it was edited and completed? <laughs> God's sake! Zing! I was fucking zing juice, Scott. Worry, been zinged. You can't be zinged more than once. Yeah, in our world, zing doesn't mean fall in love, though. It means I slap you in the face because I hate this movie so much. I thought I found a love, but she was just a fling. And then I met a girl and felt a different thing. It's like a hit in the ring, like you're pulled by a string. Can't breathe like you're choking on a chicken wing. It was a thing called a zing, and I wanted to sing. And listen to the ballads of a man named Sting. Lady looks in your eyes, and it suddenly springs. Like when Nala looked at Simba in The Lion King. Thank God, Phil is back in town, our field correspondent. He's home. Now, we both know that one of Phil's hobbies is to dress like many different types of monsters and act and do shows. And so I wanted to really take advantage of one of Phil's great, great skills. So, yes, I had him dress up as a monster and I sent him to an address that I wrote in a piece of paper. I handed it to him and I was like, go there, Phil, and, you know, report back to us on the scene. Oh, wow. Okay. And this is this is what the police sent back to me in a, the form of a battered tape. Very dirty. Oh. That I was able to recover. Oh, no. And here it is. Hey, gang. This is Phil, your West Coast, I mean, field correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. I received an invitation to a party of some sort, and I'm standing outside of it right now. So uh, let's go in and take a look. What if it's like a real monster party with real monsters? This could be my first monster party. You here for the party? Ah, yeah. Come on in. Okay, thanks. Hey, Clarence, get him some punch. Like cupcakes. Thanks, pal. You want a bob for apples? We got a pinata for later. Randy, get this vampire something to eat. Yeah, a lot of people here are dressed like ghosts. Let's burn a crucifix. It's a clan. I gotta go. He ain't one of us. He's a goddamn city boy. Uh, ain't no room for city boys here. Get him out of here. I'm a white supremacist vampire. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, oh God. Keep it up, Phil. We love monsters, too. 
And I'm ready to rank these movies. I'm ready to do it, Scott. Let's do it. Um, these are obviously made for kids. Let's not yes. pretend that we are the target audience for these films. No, of course not. So whatever we say is going to be jaded by the fact that we're adults and we're perceiving it from the perspective of people who are grown and aren't, you know, yeah, kids or fucking idiots. True. So I'll go first. You went first last time. Okay, go All ahead. right. So for me, this is an easy one. I was turned on to these films by the second film, which I stumbled across six months ago. Immediately liked it. Remarkably, though, the other two don't even come close to measuring up. I wasn't sure which one I disliked more, whether it was the first or the third, because I disliked them both. Yeah. It was tricky. Ultimately, though, there are enough good things about the third one, enough good gags in the third one, and because I really grew to like certain characters like the Invisible Man um, and Frankenstein, that I'm going to go with a 2-3-1 on this. Mm. Rare 2-3-1. I can't remember the last time the first film was ranked last, at least from my perspective. Yeah. And as a result, it was also an unsuccessful trilogy. All right? For me, only the second film was a good movie. Uh, well, I, I kind of agree with you that the movies did get better, and uh, I'm actually also going to put the first movie as the worst one. Um, and I'm just going to do a reverse order uh, of three, two, one. Just because, again, I feel like the third movie, uh, it had its flaws still, but at least I thought there was a conflict uh, of sorts with, like, there was an actual bad guy. You really, clear. that was important to you. You really liked that, that Helsing that bad guy. I felt helped hold everything together. I respect that. Um, whereas the plot of the first one is just, it's a hotel with crazy monsters. Okay. And, All right. so yeah, three, two, one, but I'd still think uh, pretty unsuccessful. Unsuc unsuccessful. Yeah. These movies have their moments, but on the whole, they're, they're pretty shitty. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to us, as always. We really appreciate it. It seems that we're picking up steam in the world of Instagram and in the yes. world of downloads for this particular podcast. Tell your friends, all right? Spread the word. Follow us on Instagram. It's a great compliment. And we hope that all of you that are listening right now, that are younger, because this is a movie for kids, so we assume our target audience is a little younger here, are remembering how important it is to vote. Yes. Where did that come from, Scott? Why did I just say that? Well, I mean, with all the, you know, the, the monsters and, you know, society and, you know, I have no idea. I, I don't know either. where that, I don't know where that I'm came from. I'm not really sure either. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to us. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Good night. Bleh. All right, Scott. I didn't do that. You Talking toilet paper. Now I've seen everything.